that you have just been invaded by. Hey there, guys, this is DJ Slope from Slope's Game Room, and you're listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch on the 18th of February 2021. In today's episode, we're going to be chatting about the sudden rise of controversial casting choices as Hollywood creates new video game movies, the brand new Intellivision collection coming to the Evercade, Nintendo's latest RPG heavy Nintendo Direct, the return of an unknown but brilliant Super Nintendo brawler, the possible return of Space Invaders weird WiiWare spin-off, PlayStation 5's drift shift issues, and of course our controversial Kickstarter link of the week. All of that and more on today's episode with my co-host Grizzly Cryden. If you'd like the podcast and you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And if you have any particular news stories that you would like us to cover, then please do let us know in the dedicated room over on Discord. But right now, let's get on with the show. So moving over to our first topic, or starting with our first topic, should I say, we're going to be chatting about undercover cops for the Super Nintendo. It's officially getting a localization. Massive thanks to John B over in my Discord for actually giving us this suggestion uh, this week. Yeah, so undercover cops uh, completely speaks to me, this sort of game. It's a uh, side-scrolling beat-em-up. Uh, massive fan of those. In fact, I actually got the Streets of Rage 4 limited um, limited run games bundle coming today, or one of two coming today. And um, honestly, I've actually not played this one. Have, have you played Undercover Cops, um, Grizzly? No, I, I can't say I have, but it's got a Streets of Rage vibe, and that's never a bad thing. Absolutely. As soon as this was done, I looked up a review of it, uh, checked out Snez Drunk great great channel um never had the chance to speak to snow's drunk actually but he's a good channel very good channel and um yeah he, he, he gave nothing but high praise to this so i think this not to sound like metal jesus but uh, a hidden gem <laughs> could well be i mean irem are perfect to that aren't they uh, mm. we've seen it with the uh with some of the stuff coming out for the evercade uh we've, yep. we've seen it the little cartridge releases that they've been doing like side pocket and I bought one of those, uh, like a gift bundle at very of all places. I oh, know it's not very ASOS. Um, and it's just like a little gift set, but it's a Super Nintendo game, fully playable on a Super Nintendo. Um, I, I know what one you're on about, yes. Um, yeah, it was really cheap, wasn't it? Like 15 quid or something. I, I remember seeing it on, on those sites as well, yeah. This isn't as cheap, unfortunately. <laughs> but the same same kind of principle. It's like a, uh, they, they've kind of used repro um repro cartridge and then they've placed a game that has hasn't had a western localization since 1992 in fact it's never had one so the game came out in 1992 uh, japanese exclusive and for the first time ever we'll be able to play it in english it didn't look like it was particularly hard to play in english (laughs) before yeah but uh it's it's always nice to see old games get in the support that they probably should have deserved so look forward to this one yeah, Super Nintendo needed this game. You know, not to say they didn't get some good um, uh, brawlers, you know, the Turtles and stuff like that. And, you know, even Final Fight's good for what it was. But this looks like it. it they, they didn't need a system seller, but it would have been one. Like, you know, it looks absolutely stunning. Really, really nice looking game. Yeah, I'm definitely ordering this. I don't think there's much else to really say. But, um... Uh, actually, we can find out how much this bad boy is if I go to one of my favourite sites, strictly strictly limited games. Um, Sixty nine ninety nine euros for the physical collection uh, includes the City Sweeper packaging, which is like a nice big box. I don't know how big, but you know, let's not get into too many details. Um, a collectible cartridge box, so proper Super Nintendo size, instruction manual, sticker set, a little figure of one of the characters, uh, Rosa Felmond, not familiar with that one, a certificate of authenticity, an acrylic keychain, some identification profile cards, and an exclusive double-sized poster. Oh. I love the fact that it's got the European uh, shell Pretty much all Super Nintendo repros are always got that American shell going on, so it's nice to see it like this. Really, it's got really like nice. A nice translucent orange look yeah. to it. 
Very nice. It's definitely something I'm getting. This is right up my street. Okay, so moving over to topic number two. Now, this is one that you chose, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Grizzly. Hollywood goes mad for video games casting a bunch of actors for upcoming projects. Yes, we might finally be at a stage now where video game movies... I mean, there have been some all right ones in the past, but for the most part, they're normally a bit tripe. But I think we, we seem to be having a bit of resurgence where you've got a lot of video game movies coming and um uh yeah there's a lot of castings going on in hollywood at the moment do you want to take the lead on this one grizzly yeah i think um i think hollywood's kind of looking over at video games it's meteoric rise the fact that it keeps growing every year and they they're seeing it with some sort of jealousy they've seen the success of comic book movies and of course video games uh well would je- definitely going to pass it um going to uh going to be a thing so mm-hmm. um We've we've seen a lot of movements over the past week. That's that's what made it topic worthy, I believe, because we've seen castings for not only um, The Last of Us, we've also seen a lot of castings for Borderlands. Oh, it's The Last of Us TV series. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. So Pedro Pascal, uh, Bella Ramsey, uh, cast as Joel and Ellie in The Last of Us. You got Kate Blanchett and Kevin Hart. Um, taking roles in Borderlands. And then, of course, upcoming very soon, you have Tom Holland's um, Uncharted movie. Yeah. Which is the... Uh, it's an interesting casting choice, I will say. Mm. What do you think? Is Sonic the Hedgehog that started this off? I think it's more likely the likes of... I, I don't know, you see, because adult... Because these are clearly adult um, video game movies. These these aren't your like kids' ones. But... Um, I think people have looked at Detective Pikachu and Sonic the Hedgehog and going, you know what, maybe we can make this work. And I know that Sony have a lot of pull in the movie space. Of course, they, they own Spider-Man at, as it stands and a whole bunch of other uh, properties. So no, it's notable that The Last of Us and Uncharted, two major product projects in the works, and they had the Ratchet and Clank movie recently. They're clearly looking at a, a, a big wad of cash and they're thinking about how how quickly they can dive into it yeah i i think disney nailed wreck it ralph i thought wreck it ralph was so good <laughs> i know it's technically not an adaption of a film or whatever uh, of a game but um yeah i, I love it, that i absolutely i i found wreck it ralph to be one of those films where I, I went in there for the video game humor and i did stick with it but i was kind of like annoyed that it went into like candy and sweet territory yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I know, like in the, um, uh, I've watched the making of it. There was a talk of them having like a a Sims sort of level, but they realised they couldn't do that in an arcade setting. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, I adored it, and I remember just losing my mind when I saw, even though it was only for a couple of seconds, the um, chemical plant zone in the credits. I was, that's chemical plant zone. <laughs> I want, I want to, I want to go there. I want to go there. Go, take me there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, for what it was, I thought it was really good, really good. But um, uh, Mr. Holland as Uncharted, I fair play to him. He is not. Uh, Nathan Drake, though, from Uncharted. He is... Uh, I, I know, like, he's... Uh, I've only ever seen him in kid roles or as teenage roles with, obviously, Spider-Man. I know he was in the um, in that disaster movie as well. I'm forgetting the name of, but, like... Spider-Man. He doesn't even look <laughs> like Nathan Drake. Now, if they cast Captain America, the guy who plays Captain America, forgetting his name, if they cast him to be... Uh, Chris Evans. Uh, yeah, like, that would make more sense to me. Because Nathan Drake is a butch, good-looking, American sort of guy. And Tom Holland doesn't seem to pull that off. See, that's the thing. He's not really supposed to be this good-looking, like... They, they kind of went a bit Han Solo on him. They made him the the, the, the foppish rogue, didn't they? But mm-hmm. the whole idea of Nathan Drake was that he was supposed to be kind of an everyman. But yeah. And every man in the sense that, you know, like Tom Cruise was an every man in War of the Worlds and had the whitest teeth in America. Um, it was just, it's just idealistic. And when it comes to Tom Holland, I feel like he's just looks a bit too young, if you ask yeah. me. And Nathan Drake's supposed to be like 
middle ages and kind of going through well not middle ages about 30 40 years old but he's, yeah. he's like kind of trying to spice up his life with a bit of adventure and he ends up in you know drastically dangerous uh scenarios whereas i can't see tom holland being like that it looks like he's on i don't know spring break and he's just woke up on the wrong side of the pirate uh the pirate ship you know it's and I, I, I don't want it as a movie. I, I think it's the same with Naughty Dogs games like that and Last of Us. And I know Last of Us is a TV show, but I feel like I'm playing a movie with those um, games. And most of the time, that's a bad thing when it feels like you're playing a movie and it playing itself. But the, Naughty Dog actually have, have nailed that formula. Like you, you feel like you're playing that game and you are so engrossed. It's like a brilliant movie uh, game, but I don't want to see that as a movie. I don't, I feel like everything you need for a, a video game movie um, is right there in the game itself. Like if I wanted, if I was going to be making a video game movie, I wouldn't choose things that already feel like movies within the video game space. I would actually be choosing. I'm, I'm looking up at my my. I, I keep. I always say it. Streets of Rage, Space Channel Five, uh, even Crazy Taxi, because they've got so little to work with, but they can really expand on the world. Um, well, unfortunately, the movie's never going to do justice as much as the game i'm obviously going to watch it big fan of tom holland i'm obviously a massive fan of both of those games i'm going to watch it but i just wish it wasn't happening that's that's my thoughts on it yeah but i mean like last of us would last of us in general is like a great um movie itself i don't like the gameplay as such so i'd quite happily watch the cutscenes on youtube but you'd be able to follow it and there's some of the most cinematic and well-written cutscenes you'll ever see um same with uncharted and i just feel like if they just copied those cutscenes if they just copied like everything they did they probably have quite a good movie on their hands mm-hmm. um but the one thing that is of course missing from any video game movie it doesn't matter which one you're looking at is for is the player engagement and that's the reason why video games are so popular at the end of the day a lot of video games are in some way pastiches or homages to big movie uh, big movie franchises. I mean, you wouldn't have the likes of The Last of Us without The Walking Dead, for example, the mm-hmm. comic book, not the TV series. And they're at danger of being, you know, almost derivative in that sense. And that's usually what we find when video games get adapted. So Mortal Kombat was just, you know, an excuse to make a a AAA kung fu movie yeah, that you yeah. can see in the cinema. But that's the thing, isn't it? I mean like uncharted the game you feel like you're playing an indiana jones game and it's it's obviously not got the character that an indiana jones game has um it's still fantastic obviously uh, as is the tomb raider um uh, uh, games but i i'm going to go in there instantly and this is probably a good thing because you know expectations slightly lower than they perhaps should be but i'm going to go in there instantly thinking to myself I'm not going to get the same movie feel experience that I would in the game, and it's not going to be as good as Indiana Jones. <laughs> and that's not the greatest start off for a film like that. But like I said, I like Tom Holland. I don't know why they've cast him. I find that so strange. Like I just look at the the the, the Avengers lineup of the the men in the Avengers, and I'm like, he would be the last person I would probably choose out of that lineup. Like, give me Quicksilver or, or like I say, Captain America or even, well, maybe not Iron Man. But oh, yeah, yeah like, Robert Downey Jr. In there. No, maybe not Robert Downey Jr. But yeah, you could definitely, any of those hench guys could, could pull it off. It's really bizarre. It's a really bizarre casting choice. I, I'm not 100% feeling it, but uh, I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm an enormous fan of the Uncharted series. Number four, I would say, is one of the best games, if not the best game on the PlayStation 4, actually. Incredible game. Um, uh, I just, I don't know. I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off as well as the game. Like, yeah, it's strange. I'm excited for Mortal Kombat, though. That looks good. New trailer went up just before we started recording this, and that looks really good. (laughs) The best thing about Mortal Kombat is you could have completely no-name actors, and that appears to be um what they've gone for apart from maybe a couple of the roles just to just to pad up the cast list and nobody would mind i mean basically the original mortal kombat was that um but lastly on on the last of us uh the casting i do think is quite good a lot of people i've I've seen a lot of people complain about pedro pascal uh being joel but i don't know if you've 
any of you guys have seen Game of Thrones, but um, think of the think of one of those boiler zombie things uh, trying to uh, kill Joel in the game, and you get a good idea of what it was like um, during one of the scenes in Game of Thrones. And those two uh, screenshots marry up quite nicely. Uh, likewise with Bella Ramsey, um, who played Liana Mo- Liana Mormont in uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. She she is brilliant. Great little uh, great young actress. I feel like she could do it, um, but I will say she does look a bit young to be Ellie again. You're yeah. supposed to be like thirteen, fourteen, but I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see where they go with it. I think um, I think they've got a plan, uh, so we'll we'll see. I guess. I suppose you don't want it to be exactly like the game, but at the moment, at this point, that's all you've really got to go on. She looks mm. very cute, Disney looking, and. Um, I can't remember the name. The young girl in, in in Last of Us, she doesn't look like that, and she is certainly not cute and friendly and Mickey Mouse. That's for damn sure. No, exactly. I I I don't know any young girl actress names, unfortunately. But I I I, I again, this lady probably wouldn't be too high on my list of people that I would choose if I was casting. But uh, yeah, I think they've done all right with Joel. I think he looks pretty. Looks the part. I, I've never watched Game of Thrones, um, really. It's never really been my thing. But, yeah, he looks like he could pull that off quite well. Oh, yeah. So, moving over to topic number three. The abandoned WiiWare game. This gets me excited. Space Invaders Get Even could be returning. Which, ah, oh, so many, so many games have gone missing from the days of uh, the WiiWare. And... Oh, I hope this comes true. I really do hope this comes true because it's it's a bit of a hidden gem and it's a game, a game that should have been on the recent Space Invaders, uh, what's it called, Invincible Collection. Unfortunately, it's not. Um, a, a crazy take on the formula and um, uh, well worth checking out. If, if there's any way you can play this game, I do highly suggest you do. Um, and let's pray that this one does come out uh, for, uh, I'm, I'm guessing, the Switch. Yes, well, they they haven't mentioned exactly when or where. So the 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 line is if there is enough demand for it, and bear in mind this is a WiiWare game that very few people actually had access to. Um, I think it, that that demand might be a bit of an ask, but it's it's certainly different, isn't it? I mean, you play as the Space Invader, you take on Earth, you you destroy uh, monuments and landmarks as tanks try and uh, fight you off. It's a different concept. I like it when um, retro games try different versions of retro games. I mean, you've got the likes of Pack Picks going different. you got, um, yes. what's that, Space Invaders versus Breakout. Those were always, I always love those little gimmicks. And, you know, this, this was a great pocket-sized game. Um, and, of course, with WiiWare, they had, they had an even smaller file size limit. I just love stuff like this, and I think it would I think it would go great on the Switch. And um, sorry, just one more. Uh, Yuichi Toyama, the Taito director, he also mentioned that he wanted to play with this concept a bit more. So potentially a deluxe version if it carries, if it does come out. I mean, that's pretty much guaranteed of a Switch release nowadays, isn't it? Deluxe Game of the Year edition, whatever, you know. But there's a suggestion that uh, there would be a multiplayer mode where 55 people play as space invaders taking on the Earth. And I don't know. I I don't know about you, but the the whole 35 versus 1 um, Mario or the 99 versus 1 Tetris, I could see that being the next Nintendo gimmicky style battle royale. And I love that idea. I do. I do. Yeah. Uh, most people looked at that battle royale thing and then they just did the same uh, uh, first-person shooter, Battle Royale. But this, doing it this way, is fantastic. Like I say, they've done it excellently with Tetris. Mario was fantastic, although, if I'm honest, the day I finally got to number one, and I was the final one, was the fi- was the day I stopped playing that game. That's it, I've, I've done it, done. Um, uh, add more levels and add more game styles, that would have been uh, better for that. But uh, yeah, it would work brilliantly for this. Uh, I, um, I'm working on uh, Pac-Man The Complete History at the moment, and I didn't realise until working on that video that there's been about four or five Battle Royale Pac-Man games. In fact, the very latest Pac-Man game is a Battle Royale uh, game as well. Uh, a, a Google Stadia exclusive as well, which really scratches my noggin. I can't believe there's a genuine Bloody exclusive hell. for the Stadia that I want to play. Um 
but uh yeah 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 uh, i didn't realize they had any <laughs> i'm definitely gonna go <laughs> yeah um so yeah yeah uh, it's one that um I'm, I'm 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 excited for uh and like i say yeah it could definitely work for for space invaders it'd be well good well good i've actually got a cooperative space invaders game um that was used for marketing at, at conventions that goes on the side of buildings and whatever else they actually released that as part of the invincible collection that's quite fun for well for about 10 minutes it doesn't last very long that game uh, yeah that's good that's good but yeah i hope this one comes out this um i don't really know what they'd do with it it'd have to be a download only title if they release this as a, like a limited run type thing i'd love it i'd probably fall for buying it but there's very little game here um yeah it's it's a five pound game through and through <laughs> yeah i mean let's let's just keep something like this preserved and away from digital only platforms that die and you can no longer access so um i'm just i'm just happy to hear that it's being considered um i'll be even happier if it did actually make it back out so let's hope for the best agreed agreed so moving on to the next topic and keeping it nintendo based yesterday as of the recording of this particular podcast which is the 18th of february yesterday nintendo um did their first full nintendo direct presentation the first full one they've done in 530 days they uh, normally do mini ones um uh but you know yesterday was one of the days they uh, actually pumped out one of the bigger ones we did a watch along live on twitch uh, that'll be going up on the second channel if you haven't seen it yet um probably within the next week and guys eh, it was all right the more i think about it the more disappointed i am in all honesty 530 days 530 days since the last full fat nintendo direct and what we got I don't know about you guys. I'm sure there's a few like RPG fans in the audience and you know we're not going to just completely crap on what you guys guys like but to me um it felt like 40 minutes of anime characters shouting I will fight for my ethics and virtues. Um that's it just it just felt like another language to me. Maybe I am getting old. Um but to me i just wasn't excited by very much and the the stuff i was excited for uh i'd already played at some point whether that be stubs the zombie ninja gaiden or oh yeah stubs you know, the zombie skyward yeah. sword yeah um well firstly massive props to you grizzly uh for people that don't know grizzly's the guy that actually um uh goes through the topics that we uh get suggested and you know puts them together he predicted to the point where he even made the thumbnail for this particular uh topic before going live predicting that skyward sword hd would be announced and indeed it was so zelda fans rejoice the <laughs> one of the worst zelda games is coming yeah uh, to hd <laughs> it, it was a relatively safe bet to be fair i'm not going to take full credit for that one because um it had been leaked and you know things get leaked for nintendo all the time but it had been leaked a number of years ago uh, well, about a year or so ago, after seeing Mario Galaxy come as part of the Mario 35th collection, it was pretty much expected that on the anniversary we would see a Wii Zelda game go up onto the, the thing. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, uh, some news that appeared today, and it just seems very relevant. Some people, of course, were disappointed by the news. I mean, A.G. Aonuma, uh, the gentleman who runs the Zelda project, came on to the Nintendo Direct and basically said, we've got nothing. Hey, <laughs> have some Skyward Sword. <laughs> it was amazing, wasn't it? I, um, you're probably expecting some news on the new Zelda game. I'm sorry, <laughs> we haven't got any. Literally, the words he said, I'm like, what are you doing, mate? So, yeah, but what um, what has happened is a uh, journalist on Twitter but goes by the name of Andy Platonic, a gentleman I've been following for some time, um, says that for those disappointed with the Skyward Sword remaster, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess are 100% coming this year. So that's at least one good 3D Zelda. The uh, so he's got uh, inside knowledge and he is very adamant that we will see a collection of some kind featuring Wind Waker and um, and Twilight Princess, which is great because those would just be Wii U ports, right? Yeah. 
we're just um, we're just being missing the the typical likes of Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, which I could live without. But I would like to see an upscale version of the 3DS game if I had the choice. Um, Isn't that so? Wind Waker's gone from Wii to Wii U to Switch. If if that actually ends up happening, uh, GameCube, Wii U, then Switch. Oh, GameCube, so, of course. Yeah, sorry, GameCube, yeah. Wii, Wii U, and Switch. Te- technically, Wii because you could play it on there too. And that that'll be the same for the Wind Waker and 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 Twilight Princess. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> God, talk about putting your game out and we've got a new system. Don't worry, we've already got 50 games you can put on it. Like, nuts. The well, Ocarina of Time has appeared on every Nintendo system since the N64. <laughs> it's got to beat that. Wow, that's impressive. What about uh, the original Zeldas from the NES? No, because they wouldn't have gone on the Game Boy, would they? Well, you've got them on the, the Switch um, virtual console thing or the, the, the Switch Online, haven't you? Mm-hmm. So you've got access to all of those. They don't need to remaster. <laughs> What I would like to have seen in the Zelda um, was doing the portable games like or, or, um, the Oracle of Seasons. I mean, they did such a great job with Link's Awakening. Surely they could reutilize that art asset, considering all of those Oracle of Seasons games used the same art assets as Link's Awakening DX on Game Boy. Sure. You think that they could port that over to um, the other handheld Zeldas, which don't get as much of a look in? That would have been cool. Yeah. But, you know. I'm I'm not Nintendo. I'm not going to just sit here and tell them what to do, but they know sort, what they're doing. They need to sort their stuff out because, you know, it's been far too long without an F-Zero or a Metroid. It's it's nuts. I understand that the the weight on Metroid so at least we know it is being worked on. Um I would just like to live in a world where I know I think Star Fox is a a bit of a wishful thinking really after how badly it went last time, but I want to live in a world where F-Zero is happening. And I know Shigeru Miyamoto says, well, you know, what else can we really do with F-Zero? He's like, well, come on, mate. You've done, what, 15 Mario Karts now? Like, He doesn't need to do anything. I mean, the last time he did something to a classic franchise, we ended up with Star Fox Zero. You know, I sorry, I'm going to go through a little mini rant here. So Star Fox, one of the most beloved Nintendo franchises ever. It's got one of the worst reputations and worst quality to crap ratios in the video game marketplace because every time they come out with a new game, they have to do some sort of innovation. Think of the think of the two best games in the Star Fox franchise, Star Fox One and Star Fox sixty four. They didn't need they didn't do any gimmicks of that. The only gimmick they had was, you know, 3D graphics. So you had the proto 3D graphics then to the real 3D graphics and you, you get the idea. As soon as they started putting like uh, strategy elements into the DS game, it got low low review scores. As soon as they put in like on foot sections in the GameCube game, it got low review scores. You put motion control as your only method to, of controlling that game, it got low review scores. Stop messing with Star Fox. You have prime prime real estate there. Just make a Star Fox game. Stop relying on Shigeru. Stop relying on Shigeru Miyamoto and just being like the genius he wants he 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 is and was and just let people make a game. You have Platinum Games making that game. Why mess with it? Those guys will make something so flashy. Anyway, I'm going to stop because that's Star Fox and Star Fox wasn't announced, obviously. And obviously the the most upsetting thing is that there was no new Pikmin. Wah, wah, How wah. dare they? At least we got Fool Guys, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Nintendo always get these properties when no one's interested in them anymore. That's what someone said when we was watching it live. Mm, well, yeah. they're not wrong. They're not yeah. wrong. Full guys. Um, what was the uh, uh, Plants vs Zombies FPS game? Ugh, Garden Warfare. All right. I just can't get excited about stuff like that because you just know it's going to come out on the PS5 and Xbox Series and just be better. Ninja Gaiden trilogy uh, coming. Fairly all right, I suppose. Tales of the Borderlands mentioned in the chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Telltale Games, that company that, that went bust, uh, it's nice to see that they're able to get some, uh, that the administrators are able to uh, pawn out some of the, the software, but <laughs> I've lost all um, enthusiasm for their games now because of everything that happened with their studios. So There we go, there we go. That's a story to tell. <laughs> Okay, so uh, moving on to uh, the next topic. The Intellivision Collection is coming to the Evercade. 
I'm a big fan of the Evercade. I own every single game uh, cartridge released for the Evercade. Um, and um, yeah, it's nice to have a collection of another uh, console that honestly I don't know a hell of a lot about. I've emulated it a bit. I don't think I've actually ever played uh, on a proper Intellivision. Have I? No, I don't think I have. I don't think I've ever played. Oh, no, maybe I have a, a, a convention, actually. I take that back. But no, I've... Um, I've only ever played these games emulation style so for 15 quid to have... Well, we'll see how many games they have on there. Um, uh, there'll be 12 games in total, actually, and they've announced three so far. What three games have they announced, Grizzly? So they've announced Astro Smash, Frog Bog, and Night Stalker. Three games I have absolutely no knowledge about. But, as you say, the Intellivision is not really a console we had that much access to over in, here in the UK. Um, so... I. It continues what Evercade is really good at, and that is creating curated selections of games. Yes, you can emulate them. Yeah, you can buy a GP32 or an Android tablet and play these games with no problems whatsoever and have a really good time. But what the Evercade and Blaze are very good at right now is being able to select a certain amount of games, some you've definitely heard of, some you definitely haven't heard of, yeah, yeah. and are able to introduce you to a whole new set these are the kind of games that you would probably completely ignore in a ROM list, but they're good and they've been recommended to you. And I, I love that approach. Yeah, it's, it is really, really good. Um, I, I always like the, the indie ones. They've, they've actually got a new indie uh, collection going on there, but like the, the, the companies like the Pico and the Mega Cat, I always know two or three of the games on those lists. And you only get like 15 games on those cartridges or something to that extent, 10 games or so. And like I say, I know one or two of those games, and then I discover so many other amazing games and you never feel ripped off. The cartridges are 15 pounds. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, the, 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 the system itself feels good. I hardly ever charge the thing. Like it's always got battery. It's really quite a quality little system. Um, uh, it's fit itself in just right. It's not too expensive. It's not too cheap. Um, and it has these awesome little collections of games. Uh, like I say, in televisions, a series, uh, one that I don't know too much about, like, like their previous one, the Atari Lynx. I didn't play too much of the Atari Lynx, um, back in the day. So it's nice to have a little Atari Lynx collection and it's nice to have, uh, the Intellivision collection. Yeah. Michael Towns in the chat, um, who's often on these podcasts. Yes. Um, He's uh, he's just come up the perfect analogy. Uh, I've often called this MAME syndrome uh, as well, but it's the, the principle's the same. It's kind of like going to a video store versus Netflix. If you have too much to pick from, it means you don't care as much about the content because it becomes disposable. It does. Whereas Ever Evercade, you know, you pay for your cartridge, you get 12 games per, per system. You're more likely to stick through those games. And then you, with that limitation, of course, with having physical hardware, being able to change cartridges, you can't exactly carry every single cartridge with you. I mean, pocket sizes are getting smaller and smaller every year, I think. So <laughs> you, you, you you tend to stick with, with what you've got at, the, at that time. Yep. It's just physical games have a lot more value besides taking up shelf space. And uh, I think this just proves it in a way. Yeah. But maybe that's just me being a dinosaur. I don't know. You know what? I'm I'm struggling to think of a system that is better um, for 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 showcasing retro. If I was going to say uh, you you want to know about retro, yeah, you can find a million systems that talk you know show off Atari games or like a couple of Mega Drive games or whatever. But this like literally uh, here's this is what the Atari Lynx was like. This is what this was like. This is what this was like, and they're all emulated pretty mm. not perfectly, but right up there. And for that, I think, and it's like I say, it's so cheap. You don't, yeah, yeah, fifteen quid a pop. Like, <laughs> it's so good. It's, like it's so good. Those those might those mini consoles are really good for one thing, and that's creating a Christmas present you can give to an old retro gaming fan um, who may remember what the NES or the Super Nintendo was like, or think they know. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the Evercade is a bit more of a platform. It still does that. It's still a gifting item, but it's one. It's a gift that keeps on giving. You know, you can make that your birthday, your Christmas for years to come, and just have something to play with pocket money. It's a great concept, and I'm surprised that it's taken this long to get to this point, and people yeah. are actually doing this. They've nailed it. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that there's a long life, and I'm hoping as well that um, 
they do more with the brand. I, I don't want this to be the only Evercade console. I want to be able to use those cartridges in an actual console as well, uh, to the point where so you can start using more of the two-player aspects because they've kept, they've kept them all in there. But if you try and go into a two-player game, you just that's it. You're stuck. You have to turn the console off and on uh, to get out of that. Um, or go back to the menu. Uh, so I'm hoping they do more with this because I'm, I'm liking this and I hope it's got a long life. Um, yeah. In short, in television collection coming to the uh evercade you're talking to two people here or listening to two people here that don't really know too much about the um in television but we're both going to get it because it's cheap and it's a good way of experience experiencing 12 games that that system was probably very well known for for people that had it yeah for sure there you go that ain't bad is it but what is bad is our next topic (laughs) dun 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 So please don't let this be the case. Please, 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 please. A law firm has filed a PlayStation 5 DualSense Drift class action against Sony is the uh, headline from this Eurogamer article. And are you, uh, was you the one that found this particular? Yeah, I mean, this, this, this had to be spoken about at some point. I mean, it's just like Sony, isn't it? You get Nintendo, they innovate on so many different things. The analog stick the rumble in the controller and now they're even stealing the fucking faults the faults sorry <laughs> i don't <laughs> oh, mean I see to what uh, go a bit, bit too further than that uh bit took that bit too far but yeah they're, they're even stealing the faults so of course nintendo switch joy-con uh drift has been a problem for a good good number of years ever since the the console came out um, and now uh, it seems that the PS5 is suffering the same fate, and this, the problem seems to stem from the type of joysticks being used, which are almost exactly the same as the PS4 ones, which were notorious for also drifting. So I can just imagine how quickly this lo- this class action has come out. I mean, it's only, what, a month or two since the, the console launched? It's there must have been shame. lawyers. There must have been lawyers waiting for this to happen yeah. because they... You know that they're on it so quickly. I mean, Switch Joy-Con drift took a, get at least a good year to really settle in as a as a legal thing. So it really does depend on how Sony's going to handle this because these these class actions are becoming major problems, and it's affected both. Well, it's affected Nintendo. It's now affected Xbox with the Elite controller, and of course, mm-hmm. it's now affecting the uh, PlayStation Five. So it's an industry wide issue. Yeah, what what a crazy time. I mean, you're right with the Elite Controller. Um, Cuphead's one of my favourite games uh, of the last generation or whatever, but I cannot play Cuphead with the Elite Controller. When you use that uh, thumbstick, if you're quick, and you need to be quick with Cuphead, um, you can all of a sudden just be facing the wrong way because it flicks. And it, it's so hard to stop that. My Nintendo Switch, uh, since my son's been using it, who's five years old, and he is safe with it, but at the same time, he is uh, a kid that is getting into video games. So when he plays, for instance, a driving game, he literally twists his entire body to go around the corner. Oh, get around there, you know, that sort of thing, uh, as you did, or uh, as your nan still does. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, the, 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 the drift on that now is it's, unusable like those those joy cons are completely unusable to the point where i had to actually buy uh the hori um they're, they're essentially the, the the pro controllers that fit onto the switch it means it's no longer portable in the slightest because it's enormous but uh that's what i have to do and man i hope this isn't going to happen to my playstation 5 controllers because i tell you what those controllers are incredible the best controllers out there when they work uh, and currently mine do um please don't let this be the thing <laughs> my god so soon one of the guys on the uh the forum one of the forums i re- frequent he's actually experienced this and um the worst part is dealing with sony directly on on getting the controller fixed mm-hmm. and as we can see from the article here 69.99 these these controllers cost that's 20 dollars more 20 dollars more than your typical ps4 or, or uh, xbox series x controller it's not it's it's a pretty penny and one of the things I absolutely hate about going into any console generation is the notion that I'm buying something that's inherently faulty and it's just waiting to happen. So far, so good for me. Even on the Switch, I haven't encountered drift, but 
I just feel like it's one of those latent things that's going to happen at some point and there's nothing we can really do to stop it. I don't want this to become the norm, um, but unfortunately it does seem to be the case. And I, I do wonder how this issue even came about when you consider that the PS1, the PS2, uh, the original Xbox, Xbox 360, none of these, none of those controllers seem to exhibit these issues. It only seems to be on the newer consoles where they started digitizing the analog movements. And it just, I don't know, something, something drastic needs to be done to, to resolve this before it become, it gets out of hand. Absolutely. And uh, Michael Town saying there in the uh, chat that he finished 3D World the other day on the Wii U. He didn't die once. If that's true, that's hardcore. Some of those levels, mate, are like pretty, pretty mental. So well done if that's true. But on the Switch, he died several times because, um, yeah, the controller drifts. I experienced the exact same thing. I, I died a lot on the Wii U version, but I tried playing it last night only last night actually uh using my standard uh pinky controller that i've got right here with me and just watching just letting it go and just watching mario go up and i was trying to do the levels where you have to every time you jump the floor panels move over to the other side it was just unbearable it was i i played for about 10 minutes i i, I can't play this i cannot play this um so um yeah uh and the Joy-Cons, they're not cheap. <laughs> they they were expensive not. as well. I think the price is on par uh, with the, the DualSense, in fact. It's uh, £70 for a replacement set, so... Sure, ouch. yeah. Yeah, it's really painful. Um, sort it out, guys. Come on. How can you get worse at this? And definitely, the the last thing we want is for controllers to have a, a use-by date. Uh, that just seems to be where it's headed right now if they don't change something. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I um, uh, still play on my Mega Drive with my controller that I got in 1992. I think I got it that Christmas. Works like a charm. Those things are built like Volvos. I mean, if there's any problems with my controller, and I haven't encountered any with what the original controllers I had, but if I ever did get controller issues or if I bought a console with bad controllers i can pop that sucker open clean up the rubber and put it back and it'll feel just like the day it came and why can't we do the same now <laughs> it should be better not worse so moving on to our kickstarter of the week which is the final thing we're going to be bringing up today now this is interesting guys because i should have really looked into this a little bit more uh, before uh, <laughs> letting um, Grizzly choose this particular topic because I have spoke about Genki's products in the past on kick scammers and them not being very good. <laughs> oh, right. So, yeah. No, 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 no. It's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to go back and have a look. It might not be Genki, but the name does ring a bell. I, it, it, I think it might be. Now, Again, long, long time ago. Um, so the issue here, what we have is basically, um, uh, this is a, explain what this is. Right. So this is essentially a wireless capture card. So one end is what you see on the screen there, or it's the Genki Shadowcast. It's a, essentially for the people who can't see the screen, it's a HDMI dongle that plugs into any HDMI device and uh, is then powered by USB. And then what that does is it sends a signal to your laptop or PC and allows you to play HDMI devices on your laptop or PC. The benefit of this is that, or this is what is being claimed, is that you'll be able to use up to 4K signals, um, be able to record the gameplay, and um, also just be able to simply play the games on your, um, on, on your PC screen. So really handy if if it lives up to what is being sold here. And that's kind of the reason why we selected it, because there's a real question as to whether it can actually do everything it's promising to do without lag. And I don't think it can, because even wired solutions produce lag, don't they? I mean, you'd, you'd know all about capture cards, wouldn't you, Dan? Yeah. 
Absolutely. It's, uh, you know what, as, as I'm watching this now, it has a little scissor wheel of the uh, programs that they've done, uh, uh, the, 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 the different um, products they've done in the past. Um, I can't tell you for sure if they've worked in the past. The reason I've steered cleared of them, it's making more sense to me now as I watch this particular video. Um, I have done videos on docks and these guys have made Nintendo Switch docks in the past and these are the docks are the things that you really want to be staying uh, clear of um, unless they are the official Nintendo dock. Now there may be ones out there that work fine and in fact back in the early days of the Switch people would run to AliExpress to buy and knock off uh, Nintendo Switch docks because uh, well back then Nintendo wasn't even um, producing them. Um, and when they did, it was like a hundred and something pounds to get yourself a new, a second Nintendo Switch dock. It was extortionate. Uh, but you can get them on AliExpress for like 10, 15 pounds. So a lot of people were going out there buying what was essentially just a cable. The problem with this, as good as it was, and it continued to be good when Nintendo actually did an update themselves, that's when the issue started to happen. Now, Nintendo's hardware, and I actually experienced this today, when I tried to charge my 3DS with a third-party charger, the um, uh, battery actually started to expand inside the 3DS, and I've had to throw it away and get a new one and try and find an original Nintendo Switch charger now. Oh, wow. This, this sort of thing happens. Um, th literally, that happens today. <laughs> I'm not even making that up. Um, with Nintendo uh, products, uh, especially the Switch, and obviously with 3DS, as I discovered today, you need to be so, so careful. They are not uh, industry standard into the amount of... Um, I, I, I'm seriously, seriously uh, uh, dumbing this down for my own reasons because I don't 100% understand it. The, 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 the frequencies they put through there are not industry standard and you need to make sure you really buy Nintendo-only products when it comes to actually powering your system. Um, yeah. Now, these guys have done a dock thing in the past, and I, the reason why I, I recognize the name is because I've brought up these guys on a Kickscammer News in the past, and then obviously related, related it back to the Kickscammers I've actually done where docks have actually completely destroyed Nintendo Switches. And uh, the fact that they're still doing this makes me think that they're probably doing all right uh, with it, and um, that, that their particular dock actually probably ended up being okay, but... You've got to be so careful with this sort of thing. Thankfully, this one isn't entirely focused towards the Nintendo Switch. You can do it with the PlayStation 5 or the Xbox. All I say is, guys, go in with hardcore caution. What they're suggesting this little device can do is pretty phenomenal, if it indeed can do what they're suggesting. Yeah. So just just on what Dan was saying about the power standards uh, of Nintendo, so just to give give people an idea typical power standards for most devices uh when running through any form of usb will be anywhere between 5 volts and 12 volts what the switch does is that it uses different power standards whether it's in docked or handheld modes so it can go from anywhere from 6 volt to 9 volt i believe it's around that um so the problem is is that a typical charger, whether it has the safety power delivery standard or not, and most docks these days do, so they are fine-ish, they can either not expand up to that proper uh, voltage rating or they're slightly under. And what bricks a Nintendo Switch from that is either an over-voltage or an under-voltage. When it's asking for power, it just cannot get or it's getting too much of. So... The brick came as a result of an update because Nintendo was recognizing that, hang on, there's a potential safety failure here and we cannot allow this to continue. So essentially Nintendo would have turned off those docks or the ability to use those docks because the voltage readings were just so out of tune or out of whack that they just could not, could not guarantee the safety of their users. Luckily, though, this whole shadow cast thing doesn't really factor into that because you have it's a HDMI um, and going to USB-C. At very worst, it will just be either faulty or just disappointing. Um, it's not going to damage your console, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the main thing is is whether these guys can uh, keep up with their promises, and it's too it's too early to say. But one thing I will say is one and a half million pounds. Yeah, they're raking it in for this. These guys did did well, big time. One thousand four hundred and sixty six. So, uh, to be converted into its proper currency, they needed thirty thousand US dollars, and they got 
$2,042,441. Not a bad little earner for the Genki guys. I hope this is a, a decent product. I really struggle to believe it can work the way it can um especially for 39 dollars that's that seems extortionately cheap but hey if these guys can somehow do this i tell you i wish i knew about this in the t- at the time because i would have dropped 39 just to see if it works <laughs> yeah i probably would have done too i mean if this did work the way that they said it did if they had a prototype and they had been showing it I'm sure a company like Elgato or Hopage would have come along and, and bought it off them. Yeah. Especially for the price they're asking. And you got to think about, so Kickstarter is like any other business. If you run products through like Kickstarter or their, your own retail shop, you've got to take into consideration a few things. The actual product cost, the cost of manufacturing, so that's the testing, the standards, making sure everything works the way it should. Um and then also the shipping becomes a factor. So I'm not going to just assume how much they're, they're paying for this, but I'm going to say uh, it's probably quite low. Um, so I don't expect that amazing greatness. And the uh, a typical uh, capture card in this range would cost you, a good one would cost about $25 cost to make. And it's everything else that makes it more expensive, the software, the coding, everything like that. This I I can't see being amazing just based on the end cost because there's a margin in it for in it for them. Of course there is. They have to make some money. Yeah, and when you take out the fees as well, that um you know people like Indiegogo and Kickstarter will take. Indiegogo aren't as harsh as Kickstarter in that sense, but yeah, thirty nine doesn't seem like a lot. It's um very very interesting. Thirty nine dollars as well. That's like what that's nuts. It's too good to be true. And if a device this good came out at this price it would be a game changer for the entire streaming industry. That's why I just don't believe it. Interesting. Definitely worth keeping an eye on, guys. Mmm. There you go. There you go. Well, there you go. We've actually reached the end. That was actually quite a quick podcast this week. Yeah. Flies by, doesn't it, when you're having fun? It does. It does. Thanks for listening to Slopescast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch on the 18th of February 2021. If you want to listen in live, the next recorded episode will be on the 25th of February 2021 over on twitch.tv forward slash slopesgameroom at 10pm UK time and 2pm Pacific Standard Time. As stated, if you would like the chance to be in on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And finally, if you have any news stories for me, then feel free to drop them in the dedicated room on Discord at discord.gg forward slash Slopes Game Room. Until next time, guys, this is DJ Slopes signing out, and hopefully I'll see you all next time.